there is bad news for Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, not all is well in Bernieville. I don't think it's as dire as the corporate media is making it seem. But if I'm being honest, uh, some things are not going so swell for Bernie. New poll out in Iowa. Uh, the right corner is what it was at the beginning of June. Uh, Bernie was at 16 percent. So it was Biden at 24 percent. Bernie at 16 percent. Uh, Warren at 15 percent. Buttigieg, Buttigieg at 14 percent. And Harris down at 7 percent. And now we see uh, today, after the debate, uh, Biden remains at 24% in Iowa. Uh, Harris saw the biggest bump, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. She's up uh, nine points. Uh, Warren's actually down two points in Iowa. But uh, Bernie, uh, actually Bernie and uh, Mayor Pete there, Mayor America's new mayor, have fallen the most in Iowa. But I'm focused on Bernie because I think Pete is a media creation and I'm not really that concerned about Pete. Uh, for the long run. But Bernie is down at 9% in Iowa. Uh, granted, I give all these polls a little grain of salt. Most of these polls uh, wildly undersample younger voters, which are, is Bernie Sanders' strength, and oversample older voters. However, with that said, there's been enough polls now showing Bernie Sanders falling, uh, Elizabeth Warren going up, and now Kamala Harris going up. And this is why I said, uh, if you've been watching my videos, some of you have said, Jordan, you're being too hard on Bernie. He did the right thing in the debate by not going after Biden, by not going after uh, Harris. I just disagree. I just disagree. And I think the polls are showing you when you allow, um, when you allow candidates like Kamala Harris, who are corrupt. I mean, Kamala Harris is basically Hillary Clinton. Her entire campaign is being run by Hillary Clinton people. Uh, Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign runs Kamala Harris's campaign. Uh, her donor base is pretty much Hillary Clinton's old donors, which I'm about to show you. You know, Bernie, uh, I'm a fan. I don't hide that. But when he needs to be criticized, I will criticize him. So when you take when it takes you an hour and 45 minutes to say anything about Joe Biden, uh, it took him an hour and 45 minutes to mention that Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war. How, but when NBC News asked uh, Joe Biden, what did you mean when you told Wall Street, basically, like, I'll bend over for you and do whatever you want. Just give me the money. Uh, when you don't take the opportunity to say, well, you know, we're, we're a decade out from the worst global financial crash it probably ever. I mean, yeah, the Great Depression, but I'm talking globally. When, uh, you know, uh, we had we had a, a Wall Street candidate in 2016. How'd that work out in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Ohio? And by the way, to his left was Kamala Harris, who I think Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, should not have gone, not have gone against Joe Biden on the busing thing. Obviously, Kamala Harris is going to be uh, the better messenger on that. I get why he didn't get into that territory, but he could have very respectfully said, Senator Harris, you have some good ideas, but I don't know how you're going to get them done. When you're doing fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser with big Wall Street fat cats. Statements like that, done the right way, show the American people that the emperor and the empress have no cloth. But Bernie, you know, NBC News is not going to bring up the fundraisers they're having. I was actually surprised NBC brought up what Biden told Wall Street. I mean, Bernie could have brought up Kamala Harris was having a fundraiser a few days after the debate with a former executive from Wells Fargo, you know, Wells Fargo, which has another scam every other Tuesday. 
a, a former executive from Wells Fargo who defended the bank, who defended the bank during its fake account scandal. So when you don't take the gloves off and when you basically just, I understand 60 seconds, a lot of candidates, but you have to have one or two moments where you take the gloves off. If you don't, you're basically allowing Kamala Harris to pretend to be a populist progressive, which she's not. You allow her to have that zinger moment against Biden, which they did on a loop and a loop. It's called manufacturing consent, Bernie. You know this. This is what the media does. They've been looking for anyone but you. First, they started with Kamala. Then she couldn't get out of single digits, so they moved to Beto stand on a bar. Then he couldn't get out of low single digits, so they moved to Joe Biden. Now Joe Biden has fallen, so they're moving to Kamala again. And they're sprinkling in a little Elizabeth Warren. But nobody can speak for you. Nobody can take off the gloves for you. you got to do it yourself. I thought he missed an opportunity to go after Biden on Wall Street, to go after Harris on Wall Street. I also think his final answer, his final answer to me was the best, his concluding statement. But not everybody watches a full two-hour debate. Some, most Americans check in, maybe for, you know, the first half hour and check, check out. So um, it's not a surprise to me that Kamala Harris uh, is surging in this Iowa poll. I don't think it's permanent. I don't think it's, I don't think Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign is on its last legs. I think the corporate media is wildly giving Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, as much free airtime as possible. Um, I think Joe Biden remaining at 24% in Iowa is, to me, that's disheartening. But to me, the real threat to Bernie Sanders is not Kamala Harris. I don't see Kamala Harris winning the nomination. I think the corporate media is going to push her and push her and push her, pretty much like they did uh, Obama. But I think Kamala Harris's record is terrible. So Bernie's not doing so hot in Iowa. I mean, that's just that's just the objective facts. We can't we can't say it. Uh, this CNN poll, which I looked at, um, I think CNN has a problem with oversampling and undersampling. In this particular poll I looked at, it looks like they had a, a larger amount of younger people polled. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren have made steps, steep gains after the first Democratic debate. Uh, you have, uh, after the debate, Biden uh, at 22%, Harris at 17 Warren at 15 and Bernie at 14 So this is national. And uh, there you have Bernie losing four points since May, Warren up eight, Kamala up nine, Biden down 10. So what I think, and it's, you know, it's, it's very easy uh, when it comes to politics to get, have your hair go on fire and be like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's early. I mean, I think Kirsten Gillibrand, Cory Booker, Better O'Rourke and these people and Julian Castro, you know, good night. Good night and good luck. I don't think there's a resuscitation coming for those folks, if, if I'm being honest. Frankly, I think it's time Better O'Rourke drops out, go stand on a bar somewhere and leave us all alone. Same thing with John, John Hickenlooper, the former Colorado governor, who had just came out that last month. His campaign was telling him to drop out and run for Senate because you have no chance. But anyway, um, I don't think it's time to freak out, as my uh, friend Jimmy Dore says. But I do think, listen, I mean, this is an entirely different race than 2020, uh, 2016. He's running against a gazillion candidates. Frankly, uh, I don't love Elizabeth Warren. I don't love Elizabeth Warren as much as I like Bernie Sanders. 
But Elizabeth Warren is doing more to damage uh, Bernie Sanders than Kamala Harris is. I think Joe Biden's going to keep sliding because he's, he's basically a human wrecking ball as a candidate. He's been a terrible presidential candidate. This is his third presidential campaign. And that's why his campaign doesn't want him to campaign. Joe Biden literally campaigns maybe every other Tuesday. And for a reason, because he puts his foot in his mouth because he's still living in 1970. Yeah, so Bernie, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. That's not looking good in Iowa. You also have, um, let's see. Oh, of course, uh, CNN took this opportunity. This is Harry Enten, the forecaster. Bernie Sanders is in big trouble. They're looking for anything to declare his campaign dead. Uh, Bernie, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Sanders was just for, was just at 14% in CNN's latest national poll. That's down from 18% in our last poll. I mean, four points is bad, but it's not. He didn't go from 18 to 8. It's four points. So I think all this, you know, the corporate media is going to look for ways to basically declare Bernie dead. And I also want to point out a lot of this is based on manufacturing consent and also leaving out kind of important facts. I want to show you a clip from CNN today that makes that point. Here we go. King of Sanders, his campaign just released its latest fundraising total, bringing in $18 million in the last three months. So what does it all mean? Who better to explain than Iowa's favorite son, except he is not from Iowa? CNN's Jeff Zeleny joining me now. <laughs> Jeff, so many numbers, so little time. What do you make of it? Okay, good morning. Uh, let's do some math here. Uh, the reality is for Bernie Sanders that $18 million he raised in the last uh, three months. Uh, yes, it's a very good number. It's a consistent number to what he raised in the first three months of the year. But it's slightly lower, it's $6 million lower than Pete Buttigieg's number that he released yesterday. So it shows that uh, Bernie Sanders is no longer leading the way in terms of fundraising. You know, Jeff Zellity. Ugh, you can see the access journalism just oozing out of that suit. So on the same day, as he said, Bernie Sanders raised $18 million in uh, April, June, and July of the, uh, excuse me, April, May, and June of this year, which is the second quarter, the second quarter of 2019. So what you have here, what you have here is basically they're comparing Bernie raising $18 million based on small dollar donations, which by the way, we have to continue to say it is absolutely historic and unprecedented for a candidate, I don't care if you're progressive, conservative, neoliberal, or an alien, to be raising tens of millions of dollars. Bernie Sanders' average donation for the second quarter, $18, and he raised $18 million. That is unprecedented. Compared to Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg raised... $24 million from 294,000 donors. His average donation was $47. $18, $47. So there's zero context provided. They just make it seem like, oh, Pete's more popular because he raised $24 million and Bernie raised $18 million. Not so much, though. Because when you look into it, uh, Mayor Pete's getting a lot of that money. Getting a lot of that money, get it, get it, guy. He's getting a lot of that money from the usual corporate oligarchy. And Jen helped me out with some great research on this. So, here we go. Mr. Buttigieg fundraising hall indicates he has moved beyond 
the circle of LGBT donors who early in the race powered his bid as the first gay major presidential candidate. He has put together a wide-ranging donor base that looks more like the one Barack Obama used, Mr. I won't jail any bankers because Wall Street paid me off, when he stunned observers by keeping pace with and then eclipsing Hillary Clinton's fundraising at the outset of the 08 campaign. They've got a badass operation. Rufus Gifford, what a name, the finance director for Mr. Obama's re-election campaign, said of Pete's campaign. During the second quarter, Mr. Buttigieg attended about 50 high-dollar fundraising events for which ticket prices typically ran 2800 the maximum individual contribution allowed by federal law in the primary. But don't worry, he also had 20 grassroots fundraising events for which ticket prices started as low as $15. So what would you say? What would you say got Pete Buttigieg to, I'm not good at math, by the way. I, I failed 11th grade, uh, what was it, calculus? Yes, I failed 11th grade calculus. What's more, what gets you to $24 million more so? 50 fundraisers at an entrance fee of the max donation of $2,800 or 20 grassroots, grassroots fundraisers with the donation amount being, what was it, $15. Is it the 50 high dollar donors for $2,800 a pop? Or is it those small, little grassroots? Because what's so amazing to me, it, I mean, it's deliberate. Jeff Zeleny is intentionally, you know, lying is also intentionally leaving out facts. That's also considered lying. Not only is Mayor Pete, not only is this CNN guy basically lying, he's just basically making it like apples to apples. Pete got $24 million and Bernie only got $18 million, so Bernie's falling. No, 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 no. Bernie had eight. Uh, Average, average of $18 uh, dollars per donor. He also had 1 million total contributions in the second quarter. That's 1 million contributions in three months at an average of $18, meaning that's kind of a big deal. And as Bernie Sanders' senior advisor, don't you think it's kind of an important detail to mention of that 24 million, like he did 50 fundraisers at the max donation level of $2,800. Um, don't you think it's kind of an important detail to maybe mention that, okay, yeah, technically he raised more money, but it's because there was a lot of max donations. By the way, why this is important for the long run, and status quo is about the long run, not freaking out about the short term. Why it's important, and Bernie Sanders' campaign senior advisor, Jeff Weaver, brought it up today uh, on the press call that I was on this morning. Biden, Mayor Pete, Kamala, a lot of their money. I don't have the exact amount yet because the Federal Election Commission uh, deadline is July 15th. So they have till July 15th to submit their donor information. Then we'll start understanding how much, what's the percentage they got of max donations for smaller dollar donations. However, Senator Harris, Joe Biden, Mayor Pete, a lot of their donations come from max donations meaning $2,800, which is good for them now, not good for them down the road, because those people can't donate again. If they could, if Kamala and Mayor Pete had a super PAC, yeah, they're, they're basically, there's only so many max donors to go around. And by the way, by the way, Mr. Mr. Buttigieg, who uh, CNN might as well be, how do I say this nicely? Blowing kisses to. Mr. Buttigieg, who that CNN anchor kind of left out that, oh, he's raising all this money because he's taking gobbles and gobbles of max donations 
from the usual suspects. Apparently, Wall Street's freaking out about middle class Joe. Wall Street's freaking out about uh, my time is up Joe, <laughs> which I still can't get over that he actually said that. The campaign ads hit um, the campaign hit jobs uh, right themselves. Can't wait for those campaign ads. My time is up Joe Biden. Investors are pondering where to put their money this week after the sudden decline in the assessed value of presidential candidate Joe Biden. I love how this is written like presidential candidates are a commodity. You want to know why? Because they are. Because Wall Street, the hedge funders, the financiers, uh, the traders, they all buy off the politicians and the politicians are their commodity. This is facts. On Wall Street and in other corporate quarters where financiers were heavily interested in Biden, excuse me, heavily invested in Biden, hopes have eroded in recent days amid reduced investor confidence. <laughs> Some prominent donors began to openly question the wisdom of devoting more capital to the national marketing campaign for the former vice president. After the leading blue chip closed, they, they're literally writing this like a stock report because the candidates work for Wall Street. Mayor Pete is not, he's, he's more of a media manufacturing uh, a media creation than an actual candidate with any substance. He doesn't even have any policies. This man literally said, I think my values are more important than policy. We'll get to the policy later. Kamala Harris is for the people, which basically is about as substantive as Hillary Clinton stronger together. Yeah, this is what's going to beat Donald Trump. And I'm attacked because Jordan is the first gay candidate. That's great. I don't care if he's gay. I care if he's for Medicare for all. I care if he's for free, free public college. I care if he's going to save the planet after it just came out today that June was the hottest month on earth. It is the hottest month on record on planet earth, June. You want Joe Biden's middle ground? You want Mayor Pete? I don't even know what his uh, climate change policy is. Same goes for Kamala Harris. Bernie Sanders has been leading on climate change. You have Pete Buttigieg basically being written about as a blue stock investment by Wall Street. Venture capitalists, hedge fund managers, powerful CEOs, and other wealthy individuals sensing a political emergency that may, requ may require swift and decisive action are moving to widen financing spigots for Kamala Harris. With contingency planning, there is elevated interest in Pete Buttigieg. One previous hot startup, Beto O'Rourke, is now considered to be too underperforming to warrant reinvestment. What's so amazing about this is this is cravenly corrupt. Cravenly corrupt. These Wall Street donors are not, are not investing in Kamala Harris because they think she's for the people. These Wall Street donors are investing in Kamala Harris because they know she's a bunch of hot air with a pretty face, a nice smile, and nothing but nothing to back it up. It's all branding. Oh, I'm I'm the best to prosecute, prosecute the case against Donald Trump because she was a prosecutor. Well, wait till that prosecutor prosecutor record comes out because there's a lot of people in jail in California that shouldn't be in jail, but Kamala Harris fought to keep them in jail even after evidence came out that they were innocent. There's a lot of people in jail in California that should not be in jail. And she went after single mothers over truancy. And questionable things related to not mandating uh, her police had body cameras. 
statewide, but then she was taking credit for it on the debate stage, uh, being kind of uh, against legalizing marijuana, but for legalizing marijuana when it became in vogue. Not a great record. Not a great record, which is going to be exposed if she keeps moving up in the polls. It's also going to be exposed, and this is why I had a problem with Bernie Sanders not taking the gloves off. Bernie, go to a boxing match. I know you're 77, but do it slowly. Practice. You could do it without being a negative campaigner, but you got to take the gloves off. No one else is going to do it for you. Mayor Pete is also, besides the 50 high-dollar fundraising events that CNN left out, he's also he's getting a lot of that Hollywood money, which Hillary Clinton got, which Obama got, which Joe Biden was getting. Suddenly, Pete Buttigieg is the hottest ticket for Democratic donors in the 2020 contest. Entertainment moguls are fighting over who will host Hollywood fundraisers for the 37-year-old mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Democratic donors are showering him with praise, and he has been repeatedly selling out fundraisers across the U.S. Sounds like a teenage heartthrob uh, music star rather than a progressive politician. Whether the gay former military officer and Rhodes Scholar will be able to capitalize on his improbable star turn and build out a campaign with staying power remains to be seen. What is, indisput- what is indisputable, however, is donors are clamoring for more. Oh my God. Seriously, is this, a, is this a music, is this an entertainment star or are we covering a presidential campaign? The guy has no policies. Quote, he absolutely must be part of the conversation. I wanna see him in the top tier, said Susie Tompkins Well a top Hillary Clinton donor who recently held an event for Buttigieg at a San Francisco yacht club, despite previous announcing her support for Kamala Harris. I'm very much supporting Kamala. I also extremely impressed, uh, impressed with Mayor Pete. I mean, we've done this before, ladies and gentlemen. We have done this to before. Do you think we're going to defeat Donald Trump, who, by the way, the Republicans just released in the third, in the second quarter of 2019, the Republican Party raised over $100 billion towards Trump's reelection? Trump's raising serious cash. So is the Republican Party. Do you think, do you really think we're going to defeat Donald Trump by running people, having Wall Street fundraisers on yachts after what he did to Hillary Clinton in 2016? The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Mayor Pete raised $24 million because he had 50 fundraisers where the entrance fee was $2,800. Kamala Harris is raising money hand over fist because she is bending over for Wall Street. I don't mean that in a crude way. I mean that in the way it is. She's bending over for Wall Street as is Joe Biden. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So the fact that Bernie Sanders is raising $18 million in three months at an average donation of $18, to me, is far more impressive than Mayor Pete and you know middle-class Joe and all these establishment candidates raising more than that by basically going on yachts or Kamala Harris is having fundraisers at the top of the managing director of Citigroup's penthouse on Fifth Avenue, or Mayor Pete is swapping sandwiches 
with hedge funders from Wall Street. This is all out there. You can find it. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. There is also a good poll out. CNN poll. Democrats see Bernie Sanders as the best to handle health care. About half of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents want the government to provide a national health insurance program, but don't want it to completely replace private insurance, according to a new CNN poll. Yet the candidate who is seen as the strongest on health care is Bernie Sanders, the candidate who unapologetically backs Medicare for all and wants to see the end of the private insurance industry. When asked which Democratic candidate for president can best handle health care, Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents supported Sanders above the rest, 26%. Following Sanders on health care is Biden at 18%, Warren at 16%, and Harris at 10%, which goes a long way because Kamala Harris can't keep her story straight. She One day she's for ending private insurance, the next day she's against it, the next day she's for it, the next day she's against it, the next day she's for it and against it. Nobody could keep up. But let me tell you something. This is kind of strange because I'm told by CNN, Medicare for all is radical. I'm told by CNN, the majority of Americans don't want socialized medicine. I'm told by Washington Post, Bernie Sanders is, uh, you know, a, a Soviet Union spy. I'm told that we can't have socialized medicine. It's tyranny if we have Medicare for all. Well, apparently the, the American people disagree and they trust Bernie Sanders. Why is this important? You want to look at polls. If you remember after the midterms, 41% in the exit polls, 41% said the biggest issue they voted on was health care. Bernie Sanders' top issue is Medicare for all. That will translate. It will also translate because Donald Trump, during his 2016 campaign, said, oh, this isn't a very Republican thing to say. But we're going to give health care to all. It's going to be big, beautiful health care. Universal. Well, that's a contrast because obviously Donald Trump is not providing anything of, of the like. Also, a majority of voters support Medicare for all. A majority of voters support Medicare for all if they can keep their doctors, even if that means a diminished role for private insurance, a new poll finds. This is Morning Consult Politico. Survey reports that 55% of voters support a Medicare for all system when told it would diminish the role of private insurers, but that people could keep their doctors. When respondents are only told that Medicare for all would diminish the role of private insurers, the share supporting the idea falls to 46%. The poll comes as Democratic presidential candidates are battling over how to go towards supporting a government, go towards a government healthcare system. So you got two polls here. One shows Bernie Sanders is trusted the most to handle health care. And another one shows 55% are for Medicare for all if it doesn't totally eliminate private health insurance. I'm not really particularly worried about that detail. The bottom line is 55% are for a government-run health care system. Let's not, let's not underscore it, folks. That is a major, major accomplishment. And there's all, I mean, yes, there's activist groups. There's the nurses union. There's a lot of different people. But Bernie Sanders is why Medicare for All is polling at that level. You have nobody to thank. Well, you have other people to thank. Roseanne DeMauro with National Nurses United, the, the Nurses of America, a lot of progressive groups. Bernie Sanders has moved public opinion to a government-run health care system. That's why he goes on Fox News of all places. And when the anchor asks the audience, not exactly a progressive audience, 
Uh, would you be open to getting rid of your employer-run health uh, insurance for uh, a, a government system? He can't even get the question out. Everybody raises their hand because it's not as radical as the corporate media wants us to think. You know, I am open that I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter uh, personally, but I've always said, and I really mean this, like it doesn't affect the facts that I report. It doesn't affect, uh, it. you know, being a progressive forgets, uh, affects the stories I choose to cover, but it doesn't, like, I don't fudge facts to prop up uh, Bernie Sanders or to prop down, uh, you know, Biden or Kamala. I think the facts prop down Biden, Kamala, Pete, all on their own. So I saw a Washington Post reporter, Dave Weigel, Dave Weigel, who of all the corporate hacks is not the worst corporate hack, but he's still a corporate hack, I would say it to his face. Uh, he writes, it, it was true from January through June that Democratic voters were panicky and worried that it would take an old white guy to beat Trump. Last week was last week was that Harris, Warren, and Castro seemed more dynamic than the old white guys. Easier to imagine first Trump. So of course he says this really based on nothing. No data. What um, Dave Weigel is saying that Kamala Harris. Julian Castro, uh, who was the other one? Kamala Harris, Julian Castro, and I guess Pete. Uh, they look like they could take on, oh, Warren, Harris, Warren, and Castro, that they could look on Trump. It's not based on anything, of course. It's just horse race, quote unquote, journalism. Horse race journalism. So I called him out. I called him out. So I said, so DC bubble, so DC bubble to imagine Harris, Warren, Castro better to take on Trump based on debate one-liners. I also added, let's not worry ourselves with the fact that Nate Silver's 538 data showed Bernie Sanders had the highest favorability rating right after the debate, or that, he, or that he's up against Trump by 10 to 12 points head to head. I should have specified, and somebody rightly called me out on it, I should have specified 10 to 12 points head to head in Michigan. But Michigan is important. We got to, you know, the Democrats have to win Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. And Bernie is beating Trump, I believe, in most of those states by 8 to 12 points. Uh, I'll check that. But I believe Bernie is beating Trump by 8 to 12 points in all those states. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal, considering Hillary Clinton lost to a reality TV star in Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it is a big deal that Bernie's beating him 10 to 12 points. So Dave Weigel responds, that's me, the DC bubble guy who never leaves DC, exclamation point. And by the way, I know what he's trying to do there. He's being sarcastic because in fairness, in fairness, this guy who works for the Amazon Washington Post. So interestingly enough, interestingly enough, when he said this, after this, he wrote a tweet that he then deleted. He wrote a tweet that he then deleted said, saying, you sound more like you're working for the Bernie Sanders campaign. Which, you know, is a cheap shot, but whatever. If you're going to say it, keep it up, Dave. Don't delete the tweet. If you're deleting the tweet, maybe you know it's not true. So I wrote, yes, stating facts and data make one a campaign operative. Coming from the paper that is literally doing fact checks on statements from Sanders, the paper acknowledges are true. Did you see that yesterday? The Washington Post fact checker literally did a fact check. A fact check on Bernie Sanders, where the first sentence of the fact check was, 
Well, yeah, it's true that three men, our owner, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, and Bill Gates, own more, own more wealth than the bottom 50%. Bottom 50%. But somehow telling him he's wrong on the same token, not to mention Jennifer Rubin doing four negative stories on Bernie Sanders a day. The Washington Post literally found the one person in America conveniently somebody that writes for the Washington Post to say, I want to pay my student debt. I don't want it canceled. You can't make this stuff up. They're just, they'll say anything. It's a propaganda arm for Jeff Bezos. And this guy wants to challenge me as working for Bernie Sanders campaign. Well, if I'm working for Bernie Sanders campaign, they should fire me considering I've done like three videos in the span of a week criticizing Bernie Sanders for not taking the gloves off during the debate. And frankly, having a bad debate performance in my view. I don't think it was a good performance. I think he should have taken the gloves off. It's the same mistake he made in 2016, du duplicating it now. And if I'm working on the campaign, uh, they should fire me. <laughs> so, and by the way, if I'm working on the campaign, would the campaign want us to go cover Elizabeth Warren, which we're about to do today or tomorrow? We're doing it because we're journalists. And we think, even though I got problems with Warren, we should cover it. She's a candidate. She is polling well. I'm not here to elect Bernie Sanders, neither is Jen. We both like Bernie Sanders, we both want him to win, but we're not going to be an unofficial organ of his campaign. And if some people don't like it, too bad. So I said your original comment, which to go back to it, was this, that Harris, Warren, and Castro seem more dynamic than the old white guys, easier to imagine first Trump, again, based on nothing, I said, your comment isn't based on anything other than the court current horse race narrative. Harris has the exact same liabilities Clinton had in the Midwest. She's raking in dollars from Wall Street, just did a fundraiser with a former Wells Fargo exec who defended the bank during a fake, the fake account scandal. She also has an awful record as AG of California, which will be attacked. Warren would have a better shot, but won't get the turnout among young people Sanders would. Castro has zero shot and was a puppet of Wall Street as, H, as HUD director, which... You know, Dave Weigel in the Washington Post, of course, leave out all of these important facts. So David Weigel writes, the theory here seems to be that everyone could be attacked except Sanders. Doesn't track to me. This is Rich coming from a reporter for the Washington Post who attacks everybody, excuse me, attacks Bernie Sanders and doesn't attack anyone else. So you are saying to me that I'm basically attacking everybody but Bernie Sanders? when the Washington Post literally, as, as a, basically as they're operating democracy, their slogan, democracy dies with darkness, is should really be democracy dies with President Sanders, because that's all they do. It's hit piece after hit piece after hit piece after hit piece. And I'm totally okay. If you want to cover Bernie Sanders critically, if you want to cover him uh, on you know, valid concerns if you have some. Maybe you think he doesn't play nice in the sandbox. Maybe you think a public option is more feasible. If you have data to back it up, go for it. He's a big boy. He's a presidential candidate. He shouldn't get a no criticism. And I'll criticize him when I see something to criticize about. But I'm not going to just like invent criticism and invent tough coverage to be like, see, I cover everyone fairly. No, I'm progressive. He's not taking money from Wall Street. He's not taking money from fossil fuel companies. He's not taking money from big pharma. He's not taking money from big real estate. He's not taking money from Silicon Valley. 
that's good. What do you want me to do? So I wrote back to Dave Weigel, who blocked Jen many years ago, which we don't appreciate. Don't you block Jen dies. So after he said this, I said, everyone except Sanders, dude, your paper is a clearinghouse for attacks on Sanders. Jennifer Rubin must sit in a room listening to Simon and Garfinkel songs, dreaming up her four to five hit pieces per week. Criticizing Bernie is fine if it's actually based on something. I think his first answer at the debate was piss poor and didn't make his Medicare for all case very well. Also think he did a bad job at not pointing out both Harris and Biden's lavish Wall Street fundraisers. I'm just noting. Yes, I get it, Weigel responds. I just get my back up when accused of being part of the D.C. bubble. I live there, but everything I know comes from the early states. Well, with all due respect, Dave, and I know you're not watching, but I hope you see this. I hope you see this. He says all this to me. And by the way, when he says, oh, I leave D.C. Uh, uh, I leave D.C. I, I know everything for the states. Well, I've seen you on the campaign trail, Dave. You're not exactly like you're not exactly out there in, in the crowd interviewing voters. You're, you're back with the bourgeoisie, corporate journalists on the press stage, you know, tweeting, doing whatever you people do. Because I very rarely, and I traveled in 2016, I saw you at these rallies. I didn't see you much interviewing people. So I don't really know. You're saying you're putting your finger out in the wind, and this is how you formulate that Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, and Warren would be better against Trump. No data to back that up, of course. No empirical statistic, no nothing. Just, because I've seen you at the rallies. You're not exactly, I'm not like patting myself, but you're not exactly there like two hours early interviewing voters. I've seen you once in a while with your notepad or something like that. So I don't really want to hear, oh, I leave the DC bubble. I said, well, since you travel, I'll say you are outside the DC bubble and merely a lover of the horse race. It's a compliment, Dave. And he liked, he liked it. You know, in a way, I think I was too generous and too nice to Mr. Weigel, to tell you the truth. But, you know, listen, status quo, we definitely are rabble rousers. We definitely uh, are ready to take the gloves off, but we can't piss off everybody all the time. We can't piss off everybody all the time. Bottom line, the Washington Post, in addition to being a clearinghouse for anti-Bernie, crap. The Washington Post is now pushing optics that Joe Biden, excuse me, Kamala Harris, Julian Castro, who's like polling in the low single digits, and Elizabeth Warren are the ones to take on Donald Trump. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm skipping Julian Castro because he has no chance. Kamala Harris runs against Donald Trump. He's going to do the same thing to her that he called um, Hillary Clinton. You're a puppet for Wall Street because Kamala Harris is a puppet for Wall Street. How was those Wells Fargo fundraisers? How were those Citigroup fundraisers? Kamala Harris literally did a paw print with the managing director of Citigroup's dog on the the managing director of Citigroup's um, penthouse suite on Fifth Avenue. Okay? So Kamala Harris, not she says she's for the people. I don't know what, I don't know which people are in the penthouse suite of the managing director of Citigroup. The Washington Post, the CNN, I showed you all of it. It's manufacturing consent on a, on a level that I've never seen covering politics for 10 years. They are pretty much, they are, CNN, MSNBC, 
Washington Post, New York Times, they're essentially Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, more and more Elizabeth Warren's full-time public relations staff. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. 